Hey friends, and welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we're going to Detroit to talk to Rachel Lutz. She's the entrepreneur and owner of the Peacock Room, Yama and Frida, and we're going to talk about the state of retail in the D. And as I said, my guest today, Rachel. Rachel, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, It's been a very challenging last year, year and a half. Um, but overall, I'm doing great. My staff is doing great and our stores are, are doing well. So Rachel, you're in a unique spot for me because I've done a number of interviews for the MRA and you are the first person that I'm talking to that has not only multiple locations, but multiple brands. And so I'm wondering if we can go back maybe 14 months as an entrepreneur who has the Peacock Room has two locations. You have Yama and you have Frida. When the pandemic kind of shows up, what does somebody like you do and how do you make sense of those four locations, three different brands and, and figure out what is next in the short term? And then we'll talk about the long term. Uh, sure. First thing you do is freak out. And then after, <laughs> after you get over the shock of freaking out, then you figure out like you have to make this work. You have to make this work for yourself and your staff who are depending on you, your community that you serve. Um, There's a reason we do what we do as retailers, and that's to serve our neighborhoods. Um, So really, I mean, we just had to come up with a quick strategy. Um, I am 120 years old when it comes to technology. So I tried to figure out how I could use virtual virtual space to keep our business going. Um, So we ended up resorting to Facebook Live shows. Um, It was something that I could do with my phone and it was something that we could do immediately to keep engaged with our customers. Um, You know, we're not just selling things, we're engaging with people. And, and I think that that's what retailers really exist to do. Uh, And I think that those of us who adapted quickly, um, you know, we were poised better to make it through than uh, folks who maybe just kind of operated in a panic. So I think we just have to really figure out what works best for us as individual businesses, um, you know, within the guidelines of keeping people safe. One of the things, though, that I I certainly want to touch on if people, if this is the first time they're meeting you, is um, you're being a little bit humble in the fact that, like, you're not only a successful entrepreneur, a successful retailer, but you are vital to your community and vital to the Jewish community in the Detroit area. And I'm wondering, like, were people coming at you for advice and kind of, you know, so you, I, I'm assuming that happened and, and you had to help other people navigate through this. Could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I think helping other people helped me. Um, I think that when we give to others, it reminds us of what we have to be grateful for, the things that we have. Um, I think that we don't just have um, the privilege of helping others. I think we have a responsibility to it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I immediately went into community organizing mode. Um, I actually have a political organizing background. I worked for the White House at the age of 18. I've been working on political campaigns since I was eight years old, stuffing envelopes uh, for a local congressional campaign. So I, I kind of went back to grassroots and I thought, okay, if we can't physically organize and figure out how to help each other, how can we do that virtually? So I quickly set up um, some support groups for fellow retailers and fellow small businesses. Um, I, I organized a group called um, you know, Detroit uh, Business Owners uh, Rapid COVID Alerts. It was like an emergency, uh, a crisis communications page 
um, that organized nearly a thousand uh, small business owners wow. in Detroit. And uh, we also organized uh, Michigan retailers strategizing together, um, which was really designed to outlast COVID because COVID is one of many challenges that we face. <laughs> right. uh, like, I mean, in the last few months, we're dealing with a pandemic. We had a flooding situation. We had a 10 day power outage. So, you know, we're, I think that COVID humbled a lot of us um, and reminded us that like any number of things can challenge our business at any given time uh, beyond anything that we ever expected. And um, I think that by helping organize other businesses, you know, it benefited me uh, as a business, but it also benefited me personally to feel like I was contributing something when a lot of us felt we didn't have anything to give really. For people, can you kind of give us the differentiations between the Peacock Room, Frida and, and Yama and where they are and what the difference is between the three of them? Sure. Um, and I started my businesses almost 10 years ago. We're turning 10 years old this year. Congratulations. I opened, thank you. Um, I opened the first Peacock Room in uh, the Park Shelton in Midtown Detroit, right next to the Art Museum, right in the center of the Cultural District. Uh, I opened the business with uh, maxing out a $1,500 credit card. And we grew that to four stores. Uh, and we, before COVID, we did over a million dollars in revenue a year. Wow, that's awesome. Um, thank you. So the Peacock Room is uh, vintage inspired, very retro, kind of 1920s to 1950s looking. Um, we wanted it to be reminiscent of like Hudson's, for example, yep. a jewel of a Michigan retailer that exists no longer. Um, but we wanted to give the selection and the service level that Hudson's used to give in a beautiful environment. Both Peacock Rooms are in original 1920s spaces that we've either uh, fully preserved or restored. Frida, which is our more casual counterpart, that's right next to the original Peacock Room in the Park Shelton in Midtown Detroit. And that's more casual, eclectic, bohemian. It's named after Frida Kahlo, who used to live in the Park Shelton with her husband, Diego Rivera, when he was painting his frescoes at the DIA right across the street. And then uh, I'm actually broadcasting from Yama. Yama is named after Yamasaki, the architect. And like his designs, uh, which he left a big footprint of in Michigan, um, very kind of streamlined, clean, modern. So as an apparel brand, we have these three different personalities of stores. Um, so there's really something for everybody. And are those personalities uh, hatched out of either your personal experience or is that a, a business sense? Like what, what makes that sort of aesthetic? Well, you can't really, um, I think aesthetic really has to come from the heart. And I think that it has to come from your own creativity. Um, your best your best asset to market is your authenticity. So I'm actually in like a retro 1950s looking dress right now that's very peacock room. Um, but I grew up in a house with a lot of modern design, uh, which is why I love Yama. It's very streamlined, very modern. And I've always appreciated modern architecture as well as the older. Um, and then Frida is my kind of casual side. I mean, I can't wear pinup dresses every day. <laughs> you just need, you know, a pair of jeans and a really funky sweater. Um, so yes, people are often shocked to see that all three brands came from, you know, my, um, my creative side of my brain, but I think that there are many different ways that our creativity can, can express itself. Um, so yes, they're all representations of different aesthetics in my mind. 
Now, as you and I find ourselves in the early stages of July 2021, uh, you hear a lot about us opening back up and things getting back to quote unquote normal, even though you and I both know that we're just in the new thing. It's not back to normal. It's just the next thing. The but next I'm wondering, thing, exactly. I'm, I'm wondering from a, a retailer with you know, a, a visionary spirit and the ability to kind of see forward into the future. What are you feeling right now? And what does this look like for you? It, like even in the next three months, right? You know, well, and I mean, I'm serious because you, you've hatched out this place in Detroit. You've made a mark. You've made an impact with those around you. You're an important person in the city of Detroit. And that doesn't come without having a skill set to kind of see a couple steps ahead. So I'm wondering, what does it feel like for you right now as an entrepreneur and retailer? And what do you see heading into only the fourth quarter, right? Because we don't know what, we have no idea what's coming next, right? So let's let's go like 60, 90 days. What, what are you seeing going forward? Uh, well, those are very kind comments. So thank you for the compliments. Um, I mean, we can't really see into next week, can we? So I... <laughs> I think that your instinct of asking about the next three months is pretty wise. Um, uh, one of my my business mentors, Cindy Paskey of Strategic Staffing Solutions, when this first went down, we had this like crisis meeting with me and another entrepreneur that she um, that she advises, and she said, "Don't even look past three months. Just focus on the here and now. Focus, you know, one day at a time. But we really can't predict anything past the next three months, and I don't think that we could." Um, in other eras of history, look at, you know, 9-11, look at, you know, look at the world wars. I mean, there are many things that have been thrown at small businesses throughout history and we're often not prepared for them. So, uh, get a great insurance agent, um, (laughs) (laughs) and really just think as far ahead as you can, but always be nimble. I think that that's what a lot of us have learned in the last year, and that's going to serve us well into the next year, um, but also just into the future, the next 10 years, 20 years of your business, if you're blessed with that kind of longevity, is be nimble, be willing to change, be willing to listen, be willing to take the temperature of what's around you, read the room, um, and still don't be afraid to be courageous and take a lead. Uh, I think that your customers look to you for this. Your customers want the guidance. Um, They wanted permission when we said, it's okay to dress up again. You don't need to live in your pajamas. I know you've been working from home, but it's okay to go out as long as you're fully vaccinated. Um, it's okay to you know, go back to kind of what you implied, like close to normal, although it's not quite normal, it's just what's next. But people are ready to live life again. And we as retailers need to help them do that and kind of gently give them permission to go back to living again. Now, Rachel, I, I know you've got a trillion things going on, so I'll sort of I'll wrap this up by asking a couple questions. And, and the first ladies one, that need dresses, they're in the fitting rooms right I now. I know, so. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Um, and so I, I would say, like, if people are hearing the story and going, that sounds like me, how can I experience Peacock Room, Frida, Yama? What's the easiest way for them to be introduced to the brand if they're not in the Detroit area? So check out our Facebook page or Instagram, The Peacock Room. There's also Frida Detroit and Yama Detroit. We've been doing these really fun Facebook Live videos. Um, they were like a combination of QVC, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and Oprah's Favorite Things. Uh, we joke, we sing bad karaoke, we swear a little bit. So we've really kind of breached the line, uh, you know, crossed over between like shopping and entertainment. Um, so definitely sign up for Facebook Live notifications to catch our shows. 
Um, but really the best way to experience any retail store is of course to go into the physical brick and mortar environment. So make a trip down to Detroit, go to the cultural district, go to New Center. We're in these magnificent 1920s buildings, so many great things in the neighborhood to try like new restaurants, other great shops. Um, so yeah, check us out online first, but definitely stop into the store if you're ever in Detroit. And I will vouch for that. You are in some incredible spaces. So please get in the car and, and go visit you. Um, I, you. I will ask one last question and let you get on with your weekend. And, and that is um, consumers make a lot of assumptions about the retail industry and the state of it in its current iteration, right? And so could you give me one thing that maybe consumers get wrong about where you guys are as like how you're feeling, how you're doing and how this has all impacted you? Um, I'll speak to that from both an emotional standpoint and also a business standpoint. Emotionally, you may be encountering people working in stores who are still processing the trauma of the previous year, whether it's just having our lives and our way of life uh, upended, whether it's personal losses, like I personally lost four people to COVID. Um, so, you know, if somebody asks you to put a mask on politely, please just be respectful, be compassionate. Um, a lot of us have wounds that you can't really see physically. So um, I would say just to be courteous and be compassionate to retail workers and service workers in general. Um, the second thing that I think, and this is just purely from a retailer standpoint, is we've conditioned ourselves over the last year because of the internet and because of Amazon that everything is sitting for you in a warehouse and everything is just at your fingertips we can you know, eat strawberries all year. There's no seasons to anything anymore. There's this infinite supply out there. And I will tell you that supply chains have been very seriously disrupted, even among the most reliable of vendors. So um, I say, if you are in a retail store and you see something and you love it, I would grab it. Um, yes. And, and really, I mean, good inventory has been harder to find. Um, our buying has been disrupted. It's harder for us to go on buying trips to scout things in person, which is what I always do. I like to see and feel things, which is how we ensure quality when you walk into our store. So um, I would say to shop passionately, <laughs> um, you know, really, uh, you know, I think that the, the trends that we're noticing is people are people are starting to realize this and they're, you know, they're going out and they're buying entirely new wardrobes. They're buying um, better quality over quantity. I think we spent a lot of the last year in our houses surrounded by our stuff and we're making a lot of consumer decisions based on how to be smarter about that. And I think that that's being reflected in what people are buying. Rachel, it has been an absolute blast to spend a couple minutes with you. I will let you get back. I hear the door going as you and I are talking. So I'll let you get back to the customers. Uh, thank you so much. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks for the kind words and the conversation.